today is Saturday. It is March the 13th, I believe. This has been crazy. One year ago today, actually yesterday was Friday, we got this big notice that we had to quarantine. And so I just keep looking at my calendar going, what day is it? What month it is? And I thought the other day it was January. (laughs) No, get me out of here. Um, But, you know, uh, I love the Everyday Leaders platform because we have been coming to you live on video, bringing amazing leaders to you through the last year. And especially today, we've got an amazing guest. And I can't wait to share with you what she has to announce. So uh, without further ado, Jennifer Magley, you are joining us today and I am just honored to have you here. You um, are a speaker, a professional athlete. Uh, you were a head coach, uh, NCAA Division I, uh, entrepreneur, mother, everything. I don't know how much more you can do. <laughs> you're amazing. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> I like to spin a lot of plates, and the key is just to choose which ones you're going to fail at that day, right? <laughs> like, oh. Let them come crashing down. <laughs> Well, and now the big announcement is we can put author behind everything else that you have. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. Yes. I, people thought I was pregnant because I said my baby comes out. And I was like, really? This is what you thought I was up to over the pandemic? Like, come on, guys. <laughs> no, different kind of baby. So, yeah. Different kind of baby. Yeah, different kind of baby, different kind of baby coming out. You know, but here's the thing, right? So I really do want to dig into this book because so many people will say, oh my gosh, she's done everything. She has the strategies. She knows exactly how to get this done. It's easy for her. And I go, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm shaking my head because... Okay, now here's the deal. The book industry is like the music industry. And when the authors that are super successful and known release a book, they've got a team of 20 people, 20 people, you know, supporting them and making it happen. But when you go your own way, it's just one person yelling 20 times as loud. And that's me. (laughs) It's just me like, have you seen my book? Have you seen my book? Have you seen my book? (laughs) So... I'm like the rapper on stage talking about when their album's going to drop. I think Indianapolis this time next year will be like enough with the book. But until then, we're going to ride the wave. We're going to ride the wave. Well, you know, but here's the thing, right? So you have built these strategies and I really want to dig into, I love this platform because it's all about how to help people empower themselves. And you have been able to do that since you were very young. Like you learned this and you just kept doing it and you kept getting more confident And so everything else that you led up to, it's like you didn't even fear it, Uh, maybe a little bit, but you just overcame it. And so I have so many people that are still struggling, like, what am I supposed to do for COVID? I'm looking for this sign. I need to get my life back together. And and so I want you (laughs) to share some of the strategies that you've learned through your life. And I know your book talks a little bit about that, too. Um, to encourage people today, like, hey, it's sunny, get outside, start a strategy that's going to help you get back on track. So strategy, let me tell you, I, so before the book came out and how the book came to be was I had my dream job and I was in this sport and entertainment agency. It was global. It was amazing. I was presenting to a billionaire in New York city. And I'm like, girl, I'm living my best life. And then 84 days later, I'm laid off due to the pandemic. 
So I literally know what it's like to go from the highest of the highs to the lowest of the low. And the strategy that helped me was being transparent, being vulnerable. So I went on LinkedIn and I did a post and basically told folks uh, the truth of where I was at. And wouldn't you know it, it went viral with 10 million views. I was the most famous uh, woman in the Midwest for being unemployed, which was never a goal of mine. <laughs> for 15 minutes, I was like, yeah, US News and World Report did a story on it. It was amazing. And I got a new job. So what is the strategy? What is the takeaway from my story? It is tell people that you need help. Now, maybe it's not your style to put yourself on blast the way I did. I get it. And it wasn't my style before I did it either. <laughs> However, in your network, if you can reach out to individuals to say, I'm looking for X, Y, Z, and here's the key takeaway, can you keep me top of mind? So that's the soft ask and call to action that your network can do. Because everybody doesn't have 10,000, 20,000 people on LinkedIn that they know, but it only takes one. And it's that secondary connection that can help you get your next opportunity. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that because some people don't know how to ask, right? They're like, well, it doesn't feel, it kind of feels icky. And am I supposed to get a, you know, a premium on LinkedIn and then send all these emails to them and inbox uh -huh. them and bug them. And, and so, right. That is a great strategy. Just ask for help and, <laughs> and be yeah. really specific. Like, what do you want to do? Because there are so many jobs that have been created now through the through the pandemic that, you know, people aren't going to go back to their normal J-O-B in, in a building. It, right. Figured out, we can do this differently. So there's there's more things to do, right? Yes. And asking can feel icky, going back to that, because we're not comfortable receiving. And that is a part of our culture. You know, it's better to give than it is to receive. But in my view... It's just as ugly as not being able to give, not having the ability to receive. So that reciprocity of giving, when you give, you open up your hand and it's open to receive it back, receive all of those blessings, opportunities, whatever you want to call them. I think that's really important. So putting yourself out there and asking, it is uncomfortable because of that. It's also uncomfortable because you are the one in control of the conversation. So maybe you don't want to be in control. Maybe you don't want to. Uh, determine what someone else is going to say. They give you a yes or a no. So everyone just shies away from it, especially women. We're not taught how to ask. Oh my gosh. No, we're not because you think, well, it's not your place. Or if I ask somebody else that's maybe a, a bigger mentor, like, how do I really approach that and say that I'm failing? You know, because then that's the thing, right? You feel like, well, I'm not secure enough to say mm -hmm. I can do that because I just failed. And, and right that's a huge hurdle. So for you to do that, <laughs> you know, it just, it, so how did you come to terms with saying, okay, I'm going to just take this step and do it. I don't care what yeah, happens. Cause you know, do you know what? I am just the queen of rejection. And I think that's maybe the how to be queen. That's the queen. I need to get my own crown. Because I literally believe that every no guarantees me to have a yes. And I've often said, you know, I've heard it said also that if you ask, if you offer someone a piece of gum and they don't want it, that's their fault. Their breath is going to stink. That's not on you. So be literally being able to have an identity outside of your ask, having an identity outside of your career. I think that that helps you because 
when we get into our job space and we and we view our job as this title, well, what do you do when somebody starts gaslighting you at work or starts making you think you're crazy or doesn't appreciate you? They don't promote you. It becomes very internalized. So I feel that asking and identity and worth, they all kind of walk hand in hand. Oh my gosh, they do. And so tell me about your history. So people that don't know your history and your, you know, your influence, I'll just say it that way. You had great influencers and mentors uh, as you were growing up. And so the you, right, who we surround ourselves with really matters. And so t- take me back and kind of talk to me about a time when maybe you were thinking about shifting or moving and how your mentors were able to influence you. Yes. My mentors mostly have been my parents. So I've been fortunate. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge their privilege on their journey. And I've been privileged to have such fantastic parents and they've always influenced me. But the one thing I didn't realize about mentors was that um, it's the way that we treat them and the way that they make us feel that really makes all the difference. And I've, I've noticed that it's like, okay, I used to feel that important people opened important doors. Now I feel that all people open all doors for me. So my mentors have been incredible. And my parents, my mom is, she is accomplished. She's the first woman to own a professional sports league in the world, which is kind of a big thing. But she was always, you know, my mom prior to that. And it's not as glamorous as it seems, you know, owning a sports league, especially that's a startup. So they've, my parents have made a lot of sacrifices to have this perceived success and they're big dreamers. So it's been an interesting thing having mentors that are accomplished, but then also realizing who's really going to open, you know, these doors for us. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you say that it's, um, Everybody always says, right, are you willing to do what I had to do to get where I am? Mm -hmm. And and most of the time that's, well, I don't really know your whole story, right? I just see that you're successful and I see you have confidence, but you may not have always had that confidence. You had to learn that. And so I love that, you know, mentorship is so important because mentors change in our lives sometimes. And it it really depends on, like your mom couldn't have been the one to put you on LinkedIn and give you all those views. My dad could have because he's like a conversational narcissist and a social media narcissist. Speaking of, hello, everybody. Hello, Melanie. Hello, Soto. Hello, Angeline. But yes, my dad could have watched everything 10 million times himself. Um, but you're you're so right in that everything is always changing. Everything is always moving. The problem is, is when this finish line is connected with work And someone else is always moving the finish line. So that's where it's hard to have success. It's like, gosh, I'll get that promotion win, or I'll be able to start this new workout plan if, you know, we're always waiting for the right circumstances. And then we're also told that we need these circumstances and the finish line just keeps moving. So it's exhausting. I say, have your own finish line, just just create your own finish line so you can win. We need to win. We need to feel like we're winning, right? Yes, exactly. Hey, I want to jump in because we've got some viewers on here right now that I don't want to miss the opportunity to share your book. So I'm going to share my screen real quick. And I've got the Amazon tab pulled up. So I want you to talk about uh, this journey of becoming an author and what this book has led you to believe about yourself, because this is awesome. Oh, thank you. Yes. Well, this book is a retelling of The Tortoise and the Hare. 
to spotlight gaslighting women in the workplace. So it's talking about self-leadership and how we can overcome those folks in the system that are always moving the finish line. And it's been a wonderful journey. You'll see the book, the book just came out and we're starting to get some reviews and some wonderful press. It is so short, Melanie, like you can literally read it within your lunch. Super, super short. I just, I got tired of reading all of these fables, business fables written by men that look like my dad. Like, <laughs> No offense to my dad's looks. I mean, when I wear my mask, people say I look like him, which disturbs me. But I got tired of having to filter everything through this male, like centric way of thinking. Some of my favorite books are written by men. And I thought, gosh, why don't we have a business fable for us, written by us? So here she is. <laughs> she is. And and so it's available on Amazon. It's $3.99 if you buy it. Like, Go, you can go right now. And so I've got the link right here <laughs> and I'm going to actually copy this and paste it into the chat. So if you're watching the chat anywhere, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, you will see this in the chat and I want you to click on it <laughs> and go and get a copy because this is, this is awesome. Um, the things that you do, um, you know, you have to become who you are. You have to kind of see through a different lens. And like you said, we don't have women leaders to be able to really look up to and say, well, they didn't have this kind of story, right? Because it's a whole different perspective. And some men have tried to write women perspective stories, but it's a little bit more difficult. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of fables that have been successful that are out there. And like the five temptations of the CEO, greatest salesman in the world, and even the latte factor, which was a New York Times bestseller with a woman as the main character talking about women and finance, but they were written by men. So I just decided, let's pull the trigger. Let's do this. And that's what, um, you know, Toni Morrison has always said, if you don't see what you want to read, create it, you know, C create that thing, write that book. If you don't see yourself in it. Write that book. I think it's amazing because what you've done, you know, going from, you know, saying here, I have a dream and then being a coach, um, talk to us about the transition from kind of having this dream and then becoming an NCAA division one coach. I think yeah, that it was, you know, the funniest thing is that. Do you know about the Y Institute? The Y Institute was founded by Gary Sanchez and inspired by Simon Sinek. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake, founder of Everyday Leaders Professional Coaching and Consulting. And as the first certified associate agent in the United States with the Y Institute, now, Everyday Leaders can help you discover your why. Go to everydayleaders.com and take your why assessment today. Discovering your why is the essential first step of being an everyday leader. Everyday leaders know their why and live their why. Discover your why. Find out more at everydayleaders.com. That's everydayleaders.com. When I became the youngest head coach um, in the nation, head, uh, NCAA D1 head coach, I felt like the number one failure because I wanted to be number one in the world as a tennis player. <laughs> so oftentimes when we're looking at people's successes and we're thinking, oh, they have to be completely thrilled, it's possible that they may feel like the number one loser because they just didn't accomplish what they wanted. And it's a, it's a perspective that's there that you know, we always wonder how, what is going on with people in their mental health? They seem like they have it all. Well, not to them. And so for me, I was a little disappointed to become a coach. 
And what I learned a lot through it. I love you. I, tell you. I love you. <laughs> it humbled me so. Ooh, it humbled me because I didn't. I didn't realize. I thought I was showing them like, oh, that I that I cared about them through my discipline, through my expectations, right? But really, they were like, this does not mean care to me. And my in my family, that was care, <laughs> but for them, it wasn't care. So I it was a learning experience, and I was also two years older than my um, oldest player. And that was going, that was, it was great until they found that out. And then they're like, this girl, she's the same age as us. Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, going back, if you could do something different, right? We talk about leadership and loving your people so that, yes. they, you know, showing them how much you care. They don't really care how much you know until That's they really know how much you care. Yeah. And, and because that really makes the mold, right? It's the culture that you create if you're mm -hmm. a coach you're a leader, any of that. And I know you're coaching that now because <laughs> that's what you do. And um, I want you to talk to us about that transition. I'm going to share your website here. Yes. Uh, okay. That, that transition was interesting because I think it comes down to culture and work culture, even as a coach of a sports team. So everybody wants to say, gosh, I want to fit in, right? I want to fit in at work. But Part of it is becoming a part of their culture is changing and giving up your culture. We don't want to actually fit in. We want to belong. Mm -hmm. We want to be accepted. So if the transition that I learned was I could have made the players that I worked with felt like they belonged regardless of their results. Now, that kind of a team is based just on results. So it would be completely counterculture to an athletic department. So <laughs> folks may have been like, more excited about practice every day if I would have said, oh, you're great no matter what, but you got to win, right? <laughs> like, that's, that's the whole thing. So in an ideal perfect world, I would have been able to execute the impossible. Mm -hmm. Well, so, but that's the experience, right? So people, you can't take someone where the, that you've never gone. And so that's what yeah. I love about you is this credibility factor of like, hey, I was raised in this and I watched and I listened and I learned and I was mentored to the point that I can do this now and I can help you become everything that you see, right? You know the journey. Yes. And I'm going to tell you one funny thing from my book is I actually address that before the book starts. I say, what gives you the credibility to write about leadership? And that's just the, the hypothetical question. Like somebody coming, like, who are you to write this book? And my response is we are all leaders and it begins with the ability to lead ourselves. So if you're looking for validation or I need to have more credentials or I need to be more of an expert, maybe you don't with certain things. Maybe just being you is enough. You can be the authority of being yourself and leading yourself. And that is so important. And here's the thing, right? Even if you've been in COVID and you've been structured in, in a different environment, like you can change. You don't have to have that billboard. You can just find it within your heart to say, what is it that I haven't tried and get curious about the things that you want to know more about? And, um, you know, failure is so, we talk about that every single day mm. and, and we say, but that, that still holds us back. And we say, well, how could I put a LinkedIn post together? <laughs> and then right. do it again, right. And so your network on LinkedIn, I want to really celebrate that because I think it has so much value and the things that we're doing in women's networks today, I, I see that just blossoming and all the things that LinkedIn has created with LinkedIn Live and LinkedIn Training. Um, and, and I don't want to forget to talk about this because this is what connected us, which is 
Pass the Torch for Women. Yes. Foundation here in Indianapolis. Tell me about how you got connected with them and um, just your passion around that. Cause I know you have so much passion about everything. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I, I absolutely love Pass the Torch and Deb and Samantha and the work that, you know, the whole team is doing there. And I think they reached out to me after um, I do a lot. I used to do a lot of keynote speaking in person when there would be you know, two, 3000 people in a room. Can you imagine? Can you remember those days? <laughs> Everyone just breathing the same air. It'd be like to Kentucky now. We'd have to spread them out. (laughs) People putting their purse on the ground, on the table, like not caring at all. Like I can't, I remember those, those days of filth. So back then, (laughs) back when we were filthy, everyone, um, (laughs) that's when we met. We met and, and it was, it's just a wonderful organization and I love what they stand for. And you hit it on the head. It's really hard to find someone who's been to where you're going sometimes And when you find that person, they might not look like you, they might not think like you, but just finding them is a celebration. And Pass the Torch does that. They're connecting women on the journey that can say, hey, I've been down that path. Have you considered this one? Because I've I've done this sojourning before. So I think they're a wonderful organization and they're always supporting women here in the Indianapolis community and at large. Oh, it, and it's so crazy. You know, you think about all the things that, that, that every single nonprofit has gone through. Yeah. Uh, and I interviewed somebody the other day out of um, north of Indiana. I forget where she was from. Uh-huh. <laughs> her Minneapolis. But anyway, she had been involved in nonprofits for like 30 years. And just talking about the strategy that you have to have behind that, and especially, you know, getting people behind what you care about and and how you can give time and treasure because that's really the biggest thing that they need. Uh, and so influencing people, helping them, like you said, you know, being on that journey and being able to say, hey, maybe I can help you with the path that you're getting ready to go down because it's free, right? It's free advice and yes. you can get there faster or I can help you with that third or fourth connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, to help you get confidence. That's sometimes all that it is. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is so true. That is really true. Yeah. I absolutely adore them. They're wonderful. They are awesome. I'm going to, um, I love this video that's coming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I jokingly used to say that was my, uh, Bumble video, um, when I was dating <laughs> that I would just, I made it only for Bumble to get dates. Um, <laughs> And you wouldn't believe the number of people that believed that. <laughs> I was like, guys, calm down. Um, so, yeah, that's the fun video that, that we play or that is played before I go on stage. And and I just I think Lexi Highland did that. She's an amazing, amazing creator. And I, I'm always proud of it. <laughs> it it's awesome. I, you know, I really want to celebrate you because you're here in Indiana. And so many times I say, Oh, where are you in the world? Oh, I'm in Ireland or I'm in Spain. Right. <laughs> we're the people that are here that we can like get together once all of this pandemic finishes. And so, um, I don't want to forget to talk about the luncheons that you have. Yes. I said, this is amazing. When you told me this, I said, sign me up. I am there. <laughs> yes, they are power lunch. <laughs> so they're called Jennifer Magley's power lunch creative, right? <laughs> it's just, if I've learned anything from the last four years is put your name on everything. Right. Um, so 
<laughs> yes, Power Lunch. It's we bring together women um, from all walks. It's not uh, there's no membership fee. There's no speaker. You're literally just having lunch, and I'm generally making a lot of different introductions. And I just think as women, we do business a little bit differently than men. And this has grown from just the first 30 women that I wanted to introduce to each other to a list of a thousand women now. And the power lunches are coming back in September, fingers crossed. And I, I just can't wait because it's always a fun time just to sit down and organically have lunch. That's all it is. It's just just literally meeting because it's hard to meet new um, friends as an, as an adult, right? It's kind of, it can be a little awkward and you're like, do I have the bandwidth for this? This is great because it's non-committal. <laughs> it's just just having lunch. So it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. I, I really appreciate you, Jennifer. This is, um, this has been so much fun. I'm going to put your book back up here because if you are just joining, if you, um, are just tuning in here on YouTube or LinkedIn or Facebook, we are talking to Jennifer Magley and she is now an author with all these other things that she has in her uh, book of business. Uh, she can now say, I am an author and it's how to be a queen, a leadership fable. And, um, you need to get it. So <laughs> I put it in the chat. <laughs> if you're looking at this and you're in the chat box, uh, go there and you can click on that link from Amazon and you can get your copy today because this is really super, super fun. Um, I think I've got another comment down here. I just want to make sure. Oh, hi, Jonathan Howard. Yes, Jonathan Howard. He is from The Social Life. He is a crazy marketer. So thanks for joining us today. You That's so fun. <laughs> it's so funny. My son said to me, he's like, mom, so what's next? He's six. I said, what do you mean? He goes, what's the next book? I'm like, I don't know. He goes, how to be a king, how to be king. And I'm like, I don't think you're quite getting it just yet. But then I thought he's on to something. I mean, hey, chicken soup for the soul branched out. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe hundreds maybe of different soups. That all have chicken and them now. <laughs> chicken soup for the dog's soul. They got it all. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even, I can't even track it. There's so many. So, hey, who knows? But yeah, it's been fun just connecting these lovely ladies in the community and yeah, powerhouses. I mean, that's what they are. They're just powerhouses. And I always say, I actually don't know any like terrible women. Everyone in India that I know is incredible. Mm -hmm. Every woman I know is incredible. So I'm just going to put on for my city and say that. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? Here's what you we learned today is go on LinkedIn and say what you want to do. Find the people that you can connect to that can maybe help you one or two connections away. Do it now. Don't wait. Put your name on everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have mentors and give back to the community and just be smart, right? Just be smart in what you do and love your life. Well, I'll tell you what I, the, the biggest thing that I've learned over the past year is life is going to knock you down. And it's, there's nothing to be ashamed of when you get knocked down. It's how we get back up. That's, that's what I know for sure is that it's going to knock us down and there's no shame if you've lost your job or if your life has changed and it's out of your control, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And you're not alone in that. So that's the first step to me is just owning that and then saying, all right, how long am I going to stay down here? And then deciding when and how to get up. Man, 
That's awesome advice. You are amazing. I am so glad that we were able to finally connect and and that your book is finally out. So I am just going to promote it to everybody. I'm grabbing my copy today and I want to just um, invite you back, like keep us posted on the things that are going on especially when your luncheon is getting ready to happen. Maybe we can do another live happening because I just, I adore you and I'm really excited to start collaborating here in Indianapolis because you're amazing. Oh no, that's it. Thank you for sharing your platform and for amplifying, you know, people here in the community and abroad. So I appreciate you sharing your platform and power. (laughs) (laughs) Fun. It's all about everyday leaders, and you absolutely are an everyday leader that are, is changing our world. So thank you for all that you do. Please come back and join us, and have an awesome weekend, Jennifer. You too. Thank you. <laughs> this has been a Joe Studios production.